Kill me. What did you say? If you have to kill someone, there has to be punishment, then kill me. I'm serious. You want to die? No, I don't. But I will. It's going to happen. And if, if me dying could stop this, if it can make things different for us, for you, for all those other kids, it'd be worth it. Was this the plan? Was it supposed to be this way? Is this who you want it to be? What's up, everybody, and welcome to another Fan Critical Podcast, and today we're going to be covering the season finale of The Walking Dead. Now, you might notice something a bit different to our usual Walking Dead podcast, mainly that I don't sound like a girl. Now, I... I wouldn't say that. Well, at times. But, you know, our usual host, Emma, has been uh, struck down by um, what we like to call Christmas party fever. Boo! Yes, very much boo, John. Basically, she's intoxicated and is not able to make it tonight. But what we're going to do for you um, is we have no notes, but we have seen the episode multiple times. And we're going to basically just go rough and ready on this sort of thing, okay? And we all know that's how you like it, probably. I'm going to give a quick spoiler warning. Spoiler warning! Thank you, John. for He's our resident spoiler warning guy. Um... We're going to be discussing the whole of uh, Season 8 so far, everything that happened before Season 8, and we're going to discuss the comics up to this point with potential implications uh, to later on in the comics because obviously there was a very major event that happened in this episode. Mm. Today, I'm joined by, you know, our very own version of Negan. You know, he's very cynical. He likes throwing out catchphrases. He likes interrupting people. It's John McCann. (laughs) See, so that works there. Hello, hello everybody. Hello, and I'm your host, Len, for today. Um, And so here's the thing. Usually um, when we do this podcast, um, you know, we try and give a brutally honest opinion of The Walking Dead. And, um, you know, we've always said, and I know... (laughs) We've said that we love this show in, in, in certain ways. We love the characters and we, we, you know, we love the idea of it. You know, the idea of what it's trying to achieve. Yep. Um, but I'm just going to give you a quick warning off the bat here. Spoiler warning. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Sort of sort of a spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Um, me and John are probably the more <laughs> negative side of things. But that doesn't mean we're not going to have fun with this episode. Because actually... I'm just going to say off the bat, John, and I don't, I don't know if you want to agree with me. I think this is uh, arguably the best episode of the the half season. No. You don't want to agree with me? Well, no. I, I, well, I don't agree with you because, I mean, it isn't. It's not the best episode mm. of the season. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's not the best one. But it's, uh, look, I mean, it has some serious weird bits that are mm-hmm. much like the first episode where it's kind of like you can't you can't let it go. And um, but we'll get on to that. We'll get on to that. We will. We will get on to that. I mean, I think um, 
I'll just weigh in with my two cents here. I think what I mean when I say it's the best episode of this half season is the fact that I don't think this first half of the season has been great at all. I think it has been. No, the, it's I, been dying. I, I think it might have been. I, might, I think it might be the weakest run since season two here, or the end of season three with the I, governor. I think it's the weakest. Yeah. So when I say that this is the best of the half season, that isn't necessarily the most glowing of praise because obviously it's not got much to beat, in my opinion. Mm. Um, are you thinking that the only episode in this season that is better than this one is the Ezekiel episode with Shiva? Um. Yeah. I, I, like. I think that's the best episode. Yeah. I think it's close. Between, yeah. I, <clears> I, think, I can see uh, that. Yeah. I mean, look, it's probably in like the top three or four. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Um. But it's. Uh, ugh, I wanted to. I wanted it to be ten out of ten, and as I said last week, like even if it was, I'd suggest that it's been a piss poor season or half season. Mm. Um. I don't hold out much hope for the rest of it, but you never know. Yeah, I think I think my biggest frustration, like barring one thing, barring one thing that I was massively impressed with and predicted, we're going to have very. This is going to be good later on because uh, that one thing that we're talking about, and we may as well just say what it is because everyone who's listened to this has probably seen the episode. I think <clears throat> the thing that me and John are mostly going to disagree about, uh, mainly because I come from a comic uh, background of the show and John doesn't, so he doesn't necessarily have the attachment that I might have. <laughs> but we're going to talk about, um, I think we should just talk about it off the bat, actually, to pardon the <gasps> Negan pun. Um, but I think we should say that uh, Carl revealing the bite... Um, Carl. 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 For me, when I first watched that, I literally, that is the most surprised I think I've ever been watching this show. Ever. Right, okay. Ever. So, ever, ever, ever. Okay. Yep. What At what point were you surprised? So was, it, was it literally at the end? Yeah, so here's the thing. I've, I've watched the episode a couple of times now, obviously, yeah. for this. Um, and I, obviously now everything that Carl was doing that episode, writing letters, and which we'll come on to later, and we'll come on to the fact that his discussion with Negan on the, on the fence and everything that he was doing in, in this episode makes complete sense. And I, could, I, I said to myself when I... When I saw that reveal, I was like, how did I not see that? Because let's face it, Walking Dead is quite heavy handed in the way it handles the oh, stuff yeah, like this. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I was just blinded by all the sort of action and the implications that were going to go in for our characters. And, I, you know, I did think to myself, how did I not see that coming? But it's also a part of me that is reluctant to believe the show is this naive to kill off a character, which is so integral to the story. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing that shocked me because... I mean, I just cut. I mean, I personally am devastated to lose Carl, and I was shocked, um, and I was shocked in a good way at the at the start. And then when I started to think about it, and then when I started to think about all of the moments from the comics that we're going to miss out on now because of losing this character, and because of the way that you know from the source material, I know that how Rick, Rick's main motivation is his son, um, and that's the thing that really drives him. And the thing that I find interesting about this story 
is a father-son relationship growing up in the zombie apocalypse and especially Carl growing up in this world like it's an interesting story to tell of this kid that grows up learns from everyone around him especially his father as Rick does and becomes a better leader yeah and then eventually Carl you know the passing of the torch moment so he can be the the ultimate leader yeah and I find that a fascinating story and <clears throat> and, and that's why for me this is a it, as, as much as I liked the episode and I think the reveal was very well handled and very actually well directed for a change. I thought the, the use of music was very good. I thought mm. the shot was very good pulling away down the sewer, but it really hurts me. It, it really hurts my soul of, of the show. Um, John, do you want to defend it? Um, it's not that I'm defending it. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say that uh, your, your issues with it are unfounded. Look, if, if, if there's canon material, a lot of it that uh, yeah that they work off, and not just up till this point, you know the, the future of the series and and blah blah blah, um, then yeah I I can buy into the fact that you're like what the fuck is this like what, how can they kill him off here but yes. look I said last week you like, did. if you if you're gonna be bold you kill him off so I I can absolutely resonate and understand that. That they would do that if there was no, if there was no comic book and it was just, uh, just a, a normal series and they were just writing it as they go, mm. then yeah, I could absolutely see that coming and look and it and it did and and to be honest, like the, the part in the the episode where he was sitting there and he was writing notes and he looked at the, uh, um, just survive somehow, yeah, just survive somehow. It was just like, yeah, I mean he's he's definitely he's dying, he's definitely dying. Well, even from that first flashback scene, which I think is a good segue for us, I think we are going to talk about Carl a lot more. Um, it's probably going to be a massive chunk of our conversation. I've got a lot of... Well, yeah, uh, he's, he's the root of the episode. So yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a really interesting meta discussion and a discussion amongst fans going on at the moment uh, dealing with interviews by Scott Gimple and uh, Chandler Riggs and Chandler Riggs' family as well. So, <laughs> so it's, it's a very interesting discussion that we can have about why we think they've made this decision. Um and I think there'll be some really interesting arguments at the end of the episode. So yeah. stay tuned. You know, if you, you feel free to skip to the end if you just want to hear about um, Carl. But we are going to talk about him the whole way through. But the main stuff, there's some really interesting stuff coming out of all of these different camps and voices at the moment. Um, so we <laughs> opened up with uh, Carl. There was that callback to the season uh, season opener where Carl and Rick had just Rick had shot over the head of Sadiq and Sadiq had run off and and you know Rick runs up to him and says, "What's that about?" And Carl says, well, you know, what are you doing? Like, you know, <clears throat> this can't just be about defeating Negan and then, you know, what we eventually become them sort of thing is his sort of theme that he's saying there. Yeah. And, you know, Rick says, what, you think we're just going to go and pick strawberries with Negan? Yes. I was like, that's a weird line, but it's quite funny. <laughs> quite funny at the top of the episode. Um, nothing wrong with strawberries. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, that must be a very good activity in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. There's not many activities and strawberry picking. That's probably one that's still legit. You'd be buzzing, yeah. Yeah, lovely day out. Um, but so they're having this conversation and Carl explains the fact that, you know, he says, you're going to live, dad. And he's like, and, and the moment he said <laughs> that, now when you look back at the episode, you start seeing how how the things that he's saying really signpost his is 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 fate yeah but like but just the the whole scene in general like it's so signposted yeah like like why why is that scene in there why suddenly is it important to insert a scene of 
Rick's younger son saying, oh, look, but we need to do this and that and blah, blah, blah. It's like the only reason that you call that back is to create some kind of impact at the end. And it's never going to be Rick dying. That's never going to happen. Well, at this point now, I mean, <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty confident um, they're not going to kill Rick off. Yeah, well, so the the point of the conversation was to say to to Rick that like, you've got to you know allow people in. You know, mm. we can't just fight everyone. We don't want to. You know, we're not just surviving to kill other humans. Yeah, which is quite an interesting. You know, that's that's a good thing that Carl's learned. You know, and and you know Rick's Rick and Carl haven't really been together this season. Like you know, think of all the scenes they've been together. You've got this one, and the end one, <laughs> as far as I can think. Yeah, yeah. So very close family. Yeah. So his parenting skills have been a bit useless this season. <laughs> um. Which is an interesting point we'll come on to later, whether I think the moment could have been even more impactful um, had they directed certain episodes and done used a bit more of Carl this season. Um, but basically, we go to Rick, and Rick sees that the saviors have escaped the uh, compound. Um, whether or not it's because of Dowell and Tara's actions in the last episode, we'll come on to that later as well, but I'm a strong believer that it is. Um so it is still up for debate, though. It is still up for debate. We haven't, we don't necessarily know how they got out yet, but yeah. there, there was seedings of things going on here. Yeah. So the trash people and Rick approach the compound and end up being in a firefight, right? So fucking, they were shit. Here's mate. here's the problem that I have with this this part of the episode. Rick is obviously assuming that he's going to meet the hilltop, the kingdom, and the rest of the Alexandrians to force a surrender out of Negan. That's pretty much what I've guess from piecing together these pieces i don't know if that's 100 percent, but i yeah. guess that's what they're trying to achieve uh the trash people as soon as shit hits the fan flee now i have problems Fucking i know like... i know john so uh... why are you pissed off about that but it's just like it's not their reaction to it but it's just the fucking what's the point in all of it like yes Oh my god! You're completely right. Just so nonsense. It is absolute nonsense. Nonsense, absolute nonsense. it was. So you could probably be like screen time like that. It might be worth dedicating to Carl Rick talking to his fucking son. Yes. So that the impact of him turning around and going, "Oh look, I've been bit," is uh, more like, "Oh man, that's terrible." Yeah. Look, he loves him. What does he? I don't know. He's not spent any fucking time with him. Yeah. In like a year. Yeah, as a viewer, like it's fucking ridiculous. And I think the problem with the the trash people is that everyone, you know, we've said this before. If anyone listens to this or watches the show and genuinely thinks they're a good addition to the show, I I question you and what you're thinking because well, no, if you, look, if you think they're a good addition to the show, stop listening to this. That's that's John. You know, he's had a couple of beers, and this is what happens. You know, especially when Emma drops out last minute. Look, look he gets very he gets very angry. Look, if if I was sober. I'd be like, fuck yeah, you, man. To be, to be fair, the criti- everyone who watches the show and when you read reviews... And Me when you fuck? Hit- <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just nonsense, man. Yeah. Sculpt you, I will. Time for after. Well, fuck off, you fucking wanker, Jadis. Like, <laughs> like, he does get like this after a bit. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who watches it cannot say they're a good addition. And, and the fact... There's no moderator. <laughs> there's no moderator now. The fact that they've um, wasted about, I'd say, a good... 30 minutes in the last two episodes or 25, 30 minutes in the last two episodes. Yeah, to, to nothing. To set us up to this point where we think that maybe Rick and the trash people are going to sort of be some sort of saviours or in a battle or something. Um, it's just fucking stupid. What? What is this? What but is like, this? But why are they such a, a sought-after group if they once, run. once a bullet's fired, they just leg it? 
It's fucking ridiculous, man. Well, it goes back to how I think that they've misused Rick in this season in terms of his planning because his initial plan is actually very good to trap the saviors uh, with walkers. Very good plan. Yeah. Um, and then hit the outpost one by one, similar to how it happens in the comics and is very effective. I think that um, <clears throat> the moment that they randomly deviated off and let him um, go to the trash people for this plan where he had no plan. Yeah is absolute chaos. Like, what What are they thinking there? The scripting, the, dry, the, the, the in the writer's room, they've just made a terrible error here. So in the writer's room, they're sitting around and they're going, so what's going to happen is we're going to have episode um, six and seven, Rick goes to try and persuade the trash people and they're going to be really important in episode eight. That's the way you should do it. That's the way you should do it. And then instead what they've done is they've written episode six, they've written episode seven and they go, oh, do you know what would be interesting? If the trash people just run away. Just get rid of them. I was like, what? Why? It's like they listen to the fans, but a bit too late. <laughs> they just thought, oh, it's not actually the bullets no, that scared no. off the trash people. It's all the fans' comments. Well, they don't like the, the, the trash people. So <laughs> well, no, just don't have them in it full stop. Do not have the trash Ridiculous. people. What we've learned is that the trash people are shit. And lo and behold, out of nowhere, when Rick is under fire, penned, pinned up against, you know, a barrage of bullets... A car turns up with with uh, Jerry and Carol in it. Just... So my assumption there is that, the, that, as I said, all of the different armies were supposed to meet up in, in, and surround the Saviour's compound and force a surrender. Um, so And then they get Rick and they make a plan. They say they're going to get some separate cars. They're going to go to the different areas and they're going to warn everyone. Well, okay, I'd zoned out that bit. Yeah, so... That's what happens. They all get in a car and then we get um, what I like to call face montage version two. If you remember episode two of the season, we opened with this bizarre crossfades between every face in slow motion as if like dictating that we're going to be visiting all these different people in battle. Um, we got the same thing here. Um, version two. It's a slight upgrade. It's slightly well better edited slightly better directed because at the end of this one we get a very good jeffrey dean morgan whistling sort of looking a little bit at the camera breaking the fourth wall what, what is their whistle it's not a uh, hunger games no yeah no yeah, not, 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 <laughs> um little but, Nazi salute. yeah but um so that was very good seeing negan just at the end of this face montage's time, like, yes, he's going to get his vengeance. Um, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan was certainly one of the highlights of this episode. If not, him and Carl, both very good highlights of this episode. So after the cars, we are in Alexandria and we see that uh, Michonne, uh, Daryl, you know, uh, Rosita, Tara, uh, Judith are there. Little cute Judith, very cute moment with her and Michonne. That was lovely, wasn't it? Saying, oh, I'm going to go get your daddy and I'll come back. That was very okay. lovely. Um, and it was all, you know, very nice and quiet music and like, oh, everything's fine. You know, everything's yeah, nice and serene. Bullshit. So yeah, lovely. Yeah, it, it was kind of pointless. Lovely lies. Um, but they, they basically are saying that, oh, you know, our plan worked, the, the walkers got in and now we're going to go and force a surrender. Once again, highlighting the fact that they're going to go meet Rick and, you know, surround the Saviour's compound. So that's a bit of a nothing scene. I don't think there's really much to add to that. No, um... Yeah, it was Other than the fact that baby Judith looks cute, and it's nice to loiter on that. No, but it's nice to see Michonne. It's nice to see Michonne and Judith have a little connection. 
Michonne now, you know, mother to Carl, essentially, in, in some respect. It's nice to have that <laughs> yeah, family thing. Long, but yeah. No, but, but Michonne and Carl have always had a very good relationship. And yeah. I think, and then that's, that, that's something the show, the show has done uh, very well, is mm. sell the Michonne and Carl relationship. And I like the fact that Michonne is taking over Andrea's um, character from the comics, because at this point, Andrea is the one doing all of these things. Well, yeah, but, okay, so that that switcheroo yes. uh, might lead me nicely onto your, uh, which we won't cover now, because yeah. we want you to keep listening. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, no. No, no, we do want you yes, to keep listening. Yes, please keep listening. Um, will lead me nicely onto what I think will be a switcheroo with carl's uh narrative going forward okay that that and i'm interested to hear that because I, i've heard rumblings of this and i'll give a counter proposal why necessarily i mm. don't necessarily think that works but um so we move away from uh, alexandria we have aaron and enid on the road heading towards oceanside right so that's kind of a good move we know that oceanside is plentiful in um fighters the women are very capable um, they, you know, had all the guns and Rick took all the guns. So they're going to go to Oceanside to to essentially recruit the Oceansiders in the fight against Negan because they believe that could be the key in winning the battle. So it's an interesting little side story. So bad. You, you don't like... I fucking hated it. You hated it? Hated all of okay, it. Okay, go on then. Well, <clears throat> if you ever want to see, like, a story that is just... Ah, what, well, what are these two going to do? You know, Carl's love interest and the, the gay fella. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, that's fine. Um, just like, oh, they're just going to, for some reason, be really fucking silly and go, oh, yeah, that'd be nice to pull into that fucking distillery or distillery. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then they go there and it's like, oh, what is this? What are they, why are they doing this? This is like... Right, I mean, it's been a piss poor season, but hashtag all out war, like all out war. They yeah, sh- they should be fucking absolutely on top of any kind of potential threats. Stick to the fucking plan, like yeah. Like Aaron's just uh, seen his fucking husband, yeah, gunned down. Like he should be fucking devastated, yeah. And like, if you're ever gonna fucking pick a character that is absolutely on the ball in terms of threat. It's got to be him. So why is he like? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's go to distillery for no reason. Yeah. Other I- than like, look, if you're fucking half cut, I can understand. And absolutely, at this point, I can resonate. <laughs> but there's no reason to do it. So like, when they turned off, I was like, why? Why is this happening? Yeah. It seems like a waste of time, and it's only going to lead up to something that's fucking random yeah and it did and i was like so, oh fuck off so obviously they're building it up to the fact that the, they need the ocean side warriors i would have you know valued a lot more the show if we had avoided the trash people and just you know had a bit more of a complex story with the ocean siders because it's an interesting yeah, I said that before like, like i think that i think that is an interesting story i it, think they're yeah an interesting group and especially as the fact that rick you know, stole from them and betrayed and Tara betrayed them. There's an interesting balance there, but they want the same thing. Um, whereas the trash people don't give a shit. They just want to sculpt people naked with weird aprons on and take photos with flash bulbs. Fucking weird. Like, you know, at least the ocean side. Night out, McCann's. Night out. <laughs> you know, the ocean side is a real characters. Yeah, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I, like, I like all that. So. I said before, like, I, th- I thought that was an interesting. Uh, 
uh, part of their story. Like they're they're so different to everyone else. Like it's almost like fucking lost. Yeah, it's very like, losty. It's just like a, a little fucking. I, I, yeah, the little weird the, community. I didn't the, the lost girls, if you will. Yeah, very good. I didn't like I didn't like the episode where they were introduced, but I do. I have I've no problem with the idea of that community, um, especially the fact that the interesting story behind them being the fact that Negan um, killed all of the. This was there was another revolution led by the Oceansiders, the men from the Oceansiders, um, and they were all killed by Negan, and yeah, he, yeah. and he left just the women and they all fled into the forest. They fled far, far away so that Negan couldn't find them and they started their own community. That is an interesting concept because yeah, it also resonates with what's going on with our characters now where it seems like they're about to lose the war. So it is interesting. Um, but obviously they park up with the Raranoke distillery van um, and yet yeah, someone's scuttling around. They have a look. Aaron, who is very skilled, somehow gets bested um by a grandma <laughs> i mean i'm not saying she's not a good fighter but she's okay. old and you know frail yes and then enid shit. old and shit enid ruthless absolutely ruthless just walks around the corner one shot gone kills the leader of oceanside like that, well yeah i mean it shows that enid because as we saw the note earlier just survive oh we're about to come on to the note just survive somehow hmm. um we know that she was out on the road for a long time on her own and she can handle herself you know She's actually a character who came from an extremely dark place. You know, the way her parents died Yeah. Uh, when you saw it. and uh, the things yeah, she, brutal. Yeah, we've seen her literally eat a, to- a, to- a tortoise, I think it was. She just fucking ate it raw. <laughs> she ate a what? She ate a tortoise. No, but can you do it in the way that you just did A tortoise. I love tortoises, so I'm hurt by the fact that she could do such a thing. So Enid obviously kills the leader of the Oceansiders, and the plan to recruit the Oceansiders has definitely taken a turn south. I didn't enjoy the cliffhanger. I didn't enjoy the whole scene. It just felt like, what's the point in this? Yeah, obviously it's got a point in the future, but not now. Yeah, I know, but it's just like, come on. But let's go back. The night has fallen, and now we we have uh, the Alexandrians about to mount uh, an assault on Negan's compound, when lo and behold, you get three knocks on on the gate. Yeah, thanks, John. And on a megaphone, you got... You may be wondering why your lookouts didn't sound the alarm. See, we are polite. I mean, I don't know when they're going to wake up from that kind of shot, but they are going to wake up. <laughs> Delicious. 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 And um, basically, Negan has escaped, and the entrance of uh, the Saviors and Negan here is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The One of the strong points of this episode for me is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I feel like he's finally getting a bit more range to this character. He's getting to display different things. Um, and just the fear on Michonne's face, Daryl, Rosita, Carl. Carl! 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 Carl's face. Um, Corral. Corral, if you will. Corral! Corral! Um, is brilliant. Yeah, it's really good to see them in such peril because you know at this point we thought that you know Rick's Rick's group have basically won this war. Yeah, I mean, half the issue of this season is that the uh, the fucking saviors have like felt like shit. Yes, they have been absolutely fucking done over every episode. Yeah, and then so that makes it harder to take as a viewer that suddenly one turn and these uh, the fucking Alexandrians and the original lot. Are just fucked. 
Yeah. It's just like, what is this? How has this happened? How have they regrouped so quickly? There, there are no answers. It's nonsense. Yes. So there is issues with the logistics. And I think the main issue with the logistics is how many men Negan seems to have. We know that Rick's group essentially took out the satellite array. They took out a uh, big gun storage where all the kingdom fell mm. and that episode with Ezekiel. They also took out the guns cache where they found baby Gracie remember, mm. and, and Morales. So we know that he's taken out every outpost that we believe... Morales. Morales, sorry. That we've taken out every outpost that Dwight passed information about. And Dwight would know because Dwight is essentially one of Negan's real, you know, lieutenants in terms of knowing all the information. Mm. So are we supposed to just believe that Negan had... It looks at this point, because the amount of men at the Kingdom, the amount of men at the uh, Hilltop Convoy, and the amount of men here at Alexandria, he must have more than 100 men still. Yeah. Plus grenade launchers, which we'll come on to in a minute. Yeah. Um, fucking hell. I mean, you talk about big guns. I mean, Dwight, where were those, mate? You know? <laughs> mental, like, yeah. So I understand a lot of people's complaints with logistics, but on a, if you just think about it from a sort of sta- stakes actually involved at the moment sort of episode, this is when you start to worry for the Alexandrians and Rick's group because they are in a whole world of trouble. It seems like the Alexandrians only have about 20 people mm. maximum. Yeah. Um, and not the sort of firepower the saviors have. So when Negan rocks up here, it's a serious moment. And this is where Kyle, Carl, 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 really gets to shine. Um, and it's nice for Chandler Riggs to get a bit more meaty material this season because so far, you know, we'll come on to it in a bit, but his interaction with Sadiq was okay. We didn't have mm. a problem with it, but the zombie fight that he had, I thought was stupid. And eventually leads to his downfall, um, which is also fucking stupid. Um, So basically, Carl quickly says, we just got to survive tonight. We've just got to survive tonight and it'll be okay. And Michonne's like, we can't afford to give up this place. Yes, we can, he says. And he's right, because it's about keep staying alive, just survive somehow. Throwing back to that note that you saw earlier. He has a plan. Everyone get to get out the back door in the garbage trucks. He's going to go make a diversion. He's going to hand out smoke grenades, flashbangs, anything to disorientate the saviors and buy yep. people time to escape. Good yep. plan. Yep. Solid plan. Meet back again in the sewers, double back, whatever. This is where we get a sort of amazing piece of dialogue between Negan and Carl. And I'm going to come on to this in a bit about how um, it's a shame we haven't seen more of this. And there has been scope potentially in the future to do more of this. But what, John, what did you think about, what did you think about <clears throat> Carl and Negan's interaction when Carl goes up on the fence and starts talking to Negan and Negan's like, it's Carl, it's Carl, everybody. Hello. Um, it was, uh, it was really good. Like, again, you know, like, you look at a scene like that and you think more of that, more like more of real stuff. Like, yes. Like from Negan's side, like, you're thinking about, this guy that's a fucking cartoon character. And cartoon characters don't empathise with someone's head being smashed in with a fucking anvil. Yeah. Like, like that, that's the character that we've had at this stage. Like, Negan, at this point, you'd think he'd beat someone to death that we really like and just laugh about it. Yeah. So like, that's not a real person. They, they don't work that way. But his interactions with, uh, with Carl are a real person 
Like, if, if he wasn't so extreme, like, you, you'd probably watch that scene and go, yeah, he says that, but he'd probably rape him afterwards. And it's like, well, yeah. Well, no, you can leave that in as well because yeah. it's... Um, that's how extreme his character is, but yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't need to be to be a strong villain. No, and, and, and the thing with Negan is, at this point, in All Out War, even going relating it to the comics at this point, um, Negan does seem like a very one-note character yeah. where he is essentially hell-bent on his, his way or the highway. And, <coughs> Absolutely, fucking dial it down. like And, and is ruthless, but as you see later on in the comics, towards the end of All Out War and some other potential moments he's one of the most interesting characters i've ever read in a graphic novel um or maybe any story he strikes me very much like a game of thrones character um not just in the terms of like you you can't just you know you can't just judge everyone there's always a story behind someone and we've discussed negan's backstory in a previous episode because we got a little glimpse into it when he was talking to gaby yep yeah yeah so the conversation between carl and Negan is very strong. And Carl basically says to Negan, you know, kill me. Kill me. And now this that this comment and conversation makes a lot more sense. I mean, John, what did you think about this when you saw it? Did you, at this, just to be honest, at this point, other than your prediction to kill Carl, which was a very bold one last week, did you believe that when he was making this speech that he was in some way wounded? Or did you think he might just die? Uh... Look, I, 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 um, as I said before, like when when he was writing the notes, yeah, I was like, oh, he's 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 a goner, yeah. Um, do I think that? Do I think he was wounded, or do I think he was bit? Yes, I did, but that doesn't mean that I watched that scene and thought, oh yeah, he's only saying that because of blah blah blah. I, I, I still thought that his character had some sort of like valor. Like it, yeah, it, like it was, yeah, absolutely, absolute honour. Like I'll, I will go down with this ship. Yeah. Um, and not in a Dido way. But I will go down with this ship. I won't put my hands up and surrender. You know, he's, no. he, yeah, he's not a one-hit wonder. He might be, you know, but it's what it is. Um, but yeah, I look, I saw it coming a mile off. Yeah, say. Well, at this point I didn't, and I have to say I'm I'm usually pretty good at this sort of stuff. Especially as I said earlier, The Walking Dead's pretty heavy-handed in the way it handles things, and and definitely you could see elements of when you when you find out that reveal at the end of the episode, you can see how heavy-handed it is. But, the, but this is where we'll fall out because I think it's I think it's the right move. Yeah. For for the story. Hmm. Well, um, yeah, we're definitely going to fall out about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll fall out about that, yeah. Um, the, the, only, the only other way that I would say um, it isn't is if they would kill Rick off, but I just know they won't. So the moment that, that Carl... Carl! Carl! Um, says to uh, Negan, you know, kill me, and then, you know, Negan says, you know, you want to you die, you'd really die for this. And then Carl actually says something. Carl actually says something very good. Can't stop now. Mm. Carl actually says something very good. He um, he says, is this how it was meant to be? Is this who you were meant to be? And the look on Negan's face and Jeffrey Dean Moore, very good. Um, and that's where we start seeing. Well, you just went, no, because that, that's what they wrote in the script. So now we know he's, he's still, <laughs> he's still eating off the... Gimple! I don't know what's going on. Um, but this is, this is a very good moment for Negan. Um, where you see that he's actually questioning himself. 
And we sort of saw it when he was talking to Gaby in the caravan. He has these demons. So, and obviously he does because, you know, he still rapes women nightly. And uh, also <laughs> he does. And he bashes people's brains in. I know, yeah, yeah. But is this who he wanted just... to be? Is this who he wanted to be? And we've always said that Rick's group could it's have taken... But it's irrelevant at this point. That, that it... is who he is. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right that it doesn't necessarily matter at this moment as we're talking about all-out war and, you know, the fate that's about to happen in Alexandria. I just thought it was interesting and gave Negan this uh, extra dimension that we've been sort of seeing this season when he's been very <coughs> sparsely used. But when he has been used, we've seen different sides of him, yep. which has been a good thing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, one of my favourite lines in the episode is when uh, Daryl and the rest, like, break out the back and uh, the back entrance. Oh. Oh. And uh, Gene. They, they radio through to <laughs> Negan. And he goes, Damn it, Carl, you little asshole. I thought we were having a real moment there. Yeah. That is fucking brilliant. That's yeah. when Negan comes back. And that's what I mean. I love I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan's yeah. interpretation at this point. Yeah. Um, that was so funny. And they're like, Line them up, boys. And they fire the grenade launchers um, and have the best aim in the world because every house over that fence is getting blown up. It's just nonsense. Absolutely nonsense, but quite cool. I mean, at least they could put a bit of production values into this thing. Yeah. We're getting some explosions. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. A couple of explosions. Loving the explosions. Um, John, what did you like uh, about the sort of assault on Alexandria itself? Or did you not like it? I've got to say... uh... I thought Carl was fucking really weak when uh, Alexandria has been assaulted. Um, when he falls down the ladder and it's just a bit, uh, my ankle. Uh. Did you think that Carl? And he's, just, got... he's just watching everything get blown up and he's just reacting like, oh! And it's just like, oh, come on, mate. I mean, like, that is the direction. It's not necessarily know, his fault. But, well, no, but, you know, do it in a better way. Yeah, did you not think that Carl uh, inadvertently got blown up about. Five times. I on the rewatch, I it's noticed he shit, walks up like... to a car, boom, and he gets pushed back. He walks up to a house, Whoa! boom, <laughs> and he gets pushed back. Yeah, fucking hell, mate! Like, just start walking towards stuff. Um, I thought that was piss poor. Well, but his actual plan of laying the smoke grenades to buy people time to escape and uh, and to, to throw off the saviors is a good plan. It's a smart plan. Yeah, but I, I but I don't think that you I don't think that his plan is clear mm. until you see who's that fucking guy that was uh, cracking on with Carol. What's his name? Tobin. 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 He does it, doesn't he? Yeah. He does it. He throws like a little Smoke. Smoke grenade things. Oh, come on, let's get out. Ah, oh, right, that's the plan. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good plan. Because I it's mean... just cold, just walking around, like, like, not falling over, falling over and then getting up and just throwing a fucking smoke grenade and then just falling over again. This is like, oh, come on, mate. Like, what is this? Yeah, and I think, um, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It, does look, it doesn't make necessary sense, but I like the way that Carl's taken ownership and he's doing something, and he says to Michonne, this is my show earlier, you know, you've got to let it play out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, good. I, I have no problems with that, but I'm just saying, like, the uh, like <laughs> the, uh, the actioning of it, it's, yeah. it's just him falling over all the time, and it's just like, oh, come on, mate. Well, before we move on any further in the uh, Alexandria assault, I think we should quickly discuss the Maggie convoy, as I'm going to call it, which is approaching. At the, it was heading towards the Savior compound once again to meet up with everyone to force the Saviors well, to. Here comes the low point because this is fucking bad. 
Well, John, I'm interested to hear why you think it's bad. So let's start off with how it starts. Um, we have Maggie and the hilltop approaching the Savior's compound, see a tree in the road, and lo and behold, it's a Savior move. We know it's a Savior move <laughs> because we've seen it. We've seen it before. Oh, it's just so bad. But we've seen it before with uh, when you know Rick was uh, cordoned off, and then uh, they all right. bent yeah. down the knees for the bat. Yeah. So I'll, I'll describe this whole scene in uh, in a couple of sentences. So. Uh... They're driving along and they go, oh, you know, do you think they'll surrender so easily? Well, and Jesus is like, well, I don't know. Um, oh, sorry, no, Jesus says to Maggie, do you think they'd surrender so easily? And Maggie's like, well, would we? Good question. That's a good uh, point. Yeah, which is fine. I know what you're going to say next. It's going to uh, make me laugh. And they're like, oh, no, no, and uh, <laughs> I don't think it would. And then fucking mystery person one in the back is like, damn straight. Damn straight. Damn straight. He's a fucking... And, uh, he's a fucking... and they all grin, yeah. Uh, mystery person one. Or about to be shot in the face one. Let's just call him that. The moment he said damn a Damn straight. The moment he said damn straight, I was like, he's dead. Yeah. The moment he said it. Damn straight. What was his name? Frank or Tim or something. Bilbo. <laughs> So he was hilarious. Yeah. I was in... So he's like, "Damn straight," and they both grin. They go, "Oh yeah," because you got one of them. They got a racist in the back of their. Uh... No, he might not be a racist. He probably is. To be honest, could have been uh... pre-zombie apocalypse, but now I think he is. Oh, still, okay, fair. Even. Well, I don't. I, well, I don't mind no zombies, but did, uh, those guys travel over with no visa. <laughs> what do you mean, mate? It's fucking about? zombie apocalypse. Zombie apocalypse. Um, but yeah, uh, that scene. Damn straight. And then he gets, <laughs> he gets his head blown off. I just thought, fucking hell. Bad day for that guy. What is this? Bad day for that guy. He was too cocky, if anything. I've always yeah. said it. Don't do you, be cocky. Do you think we'd give up so easily? Nah, absolutely not. Oh, damn straight. Damn and then straight. about five seconds later, Blake. their convoy just fucking sits there. And gives up. And gives <laughs> up immediately. It like... Before immediately, <laughs> they give up as soon as they see more cars. Yeah, like as soon as they saw another car, they're throwing their guns out, pants out, just take sitting, it all, just sitting in their vehicles naked. Maggie didn't take her pants off, did she? I hope so. Oh well, no, but but the typical. Yeah, typical. I mean, what I found uh, damn street. What I found interesting about so this scene bad. was you're right about they should have mobilized faster. As soon as they see a trouble, they've got guns, defensive positions, get out and shoot the cars approaching. It's not even that, like, uh, but fucking change the dialogue to, well, would we give up so easily? Yeah, we would. If like if we're like outnumbered, we just give up immediately, and then you understand. Yeah, like, but but this is in complete contrast to what they fucking do. Yeah, and I think. It's like, fuck you, viewers. I think there is something... The best thing about this Stupid. scene... The best thing about this scene is our friend Stephen Ogg, actually. Um, yeah, he is good, yeah. Uh, pl- As always. Playing uh, Simon. Um, handle. He's got like a moustache. What is it called? What's that sort of moustache called? Handlebars? Handlebar, yeah. Handlebar well, moustache. Kind of. Like... Or was it like a twirly moustache? He's got some sort of moustache. He's got a lovely moustache. Um, and he was... He is a good villain. Like him and Negan, good villains. Uh, we'll come on to the other guy later, but him and Negan, very good. And his intimidation of Maggie, I thought was very good. Yeah. Um, obviously, Maggie's got a plan in the back of her head, so I know we're criticising her giving up, but she knows that they've got like 38 <laughs> more prisoners back at their place that yeah, they can yeah. use as bargaining chips. So she's seeing an opportunity in surrendering at the moment to fight another day. Um, now, I think you're right. The scene is pretty shit. So bad. I'm glad that Jerry didn't die. 
because <clears throat> I like Jerry personally, but they could have killed someone big here. Hmm. And when you analyze He's the episode, well, yeah. when you <laughs> when you analyze the episode as a whole, there's not many major deaths. There is one super major, maybe the most important death that the show has ever had. <clears throat> However, when you think about how that person died, was in a sh- stupid zombie wrestle last week, and wasn't at the hands of any of the saviors, you've got to start questioning the direction of the show. Yeah. So, let's move nicely on to the other assault that's going on at the kingdom. So, Ezekiel, <clears throat> still mourning, cradling his chain, reading some bullshit letter from that kid saying, oh, whatever, you know, ready to fight when <laughs> you are or some bollocks. I had to skip out, son. I had to skip out. That's basically what he said, yeah. Um, and then the saviors come rocking in. John, your opinions of the kingdom, the whole kingdom scenes, just the the whole scenes. Yeah. Can um, we can we can we just say off the bat, leading off what I just said about Stephen Ogg and Simon being a brilliant villain, brilliant villain, and Negan being a brilliant yeah. villain. Who the fuck is this Gavin guy? <laughs> I mean, we've seen a lot of him now. Oh, but you know what? Like... How has he risen to the ranks of like Simon's level? Yeah, which is a good point. And the, act, um, the dialogue, terrible. Acting, terrible, not menacing. I mean, if I was one of the Kingdom lot, I'd not, fucking yeah, take but him it's, on. It's not menacing, but you know what? It's sympathetic. Like, I don't I don't hate him. I think I feel like he's a more real person than the rest of them, I've got to say. I think he's more real, I've got to He's say. more real, but he's also at the same time, like, we're, obviously we're going down this sort of crazy but villain I quite route. like that. I feel like... You don't need a, you don't need a crazy villain. Well, we. <clears throat> no, you don't. You, you don't. You don't need a crazy villain, right? You don't. But they make the best ones. Look at the Joker in Dark Knight. Look at you know these villains who are slightly psychotic. It's one though, isn't it? Like, no, it's not. It's, it's like you said earlier. Again, you're like you're veering towards comic book. Yes, but but. Look at Hitler. Well, he he's extreme. He's an extreme one. Um, but in all seriousness, the reason we like villains necessarily is because. Some of the villains that are the best have no rhyme or reason to what they do. They just do it. Like that's why the Joker is such as. Uh, well, they're a rapper. But Gavin, Gavin, that's his name. Shoot him, Gavin. Shoot him, yeah. shoot him, Gavin, is a weak villain. But what did you think about the Kingdom stuff with Ezekiel? Let's wrap it up all in one because I don't want to keep <coughs> travelling back to the Kingdom. I felt it was a weak, very weak uh, part of the for episode. The most part, right? So I'm gonna go off here in. I'm gonna go off in certain parts. So. Um, you, you've been going off all episode, mate, but I'm just saying. Uh, well, fair yeah, sorry, mate. No, no. For no, nice, you've got to be nice honest, though. It's been all right. We gave them warning at the start of the episode. Well, I gave we... you warning. Like, you, you were talking about it being a, a top episode, and I said, well, well it's not the best episode. Of yeah. Season. So. Where's Emma? We've got this, uh, <laughs> some major gripes about this, uh, this, this part of the fucking show that, to be honest... I really don't. F- I don't feel like it needed to be there. Um, and if it need, and if it needed to be there, if you're gonna have uh, Ezekiel do this heroic thing where he saves everyone, uh, and then just is it the fucking defense? And he locks it, and he's like, you know, save it, save everyone as you save me. And it's the like, oh, right, yeah, 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 which is fine. But fucking kill him off there then. I mean, Ezekiel's a fan. Uh, you love Ezekiel. I don't. Don't. Let's not kill Ezekiel. I'm just saying, like, if you if you're gonna do that, you can't have someone go. Ah, oh, but don't kill him because uh, it's so oh, fuck off, mate. Like, 
that's too heroic that scene yeah but he needed something to get him out of his funk and i mean this has obviously got him out of his funk i completely agree with you like, okay but can you imagine but, like a you shall not pass yes and then he oh and then ganoff bangs a bridge and then you know frodo looks at him and ganoff oh he gets pulled down onto the next level yeah and he's sliding on the floor. Yeah. He looks at him and goes, just go anyway. Go anyway. Like, no, it's not how it works. No, it's not how it works. You just assume he's dead. So yeah. just, how if they're going to end that They bit, should have just ended with the gate closing, is yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, just end it, and it's just like, you just hear a gunshot or something. It's like, oh, he's fucking dead. That would have been really good, actually. And, and you know... Yeah, like, oh, like a gunshot to immobilise him, and then you go into the next season... And he's been shot in the leg, and it's like, right, you know, we can't obviously we can't kill him because he's the king, and blah blah blah. Well, I, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, but don't what what you shouldn't do, which is like, oh fucking, I can't even believe this happened. But what you, you shouldn't do, Morgan, is you then come back to him, and he's getting he gets slugged in the face, and oh yeah yeah, and Morgan's listening. Oh Morgan's back. Oh. Morgan's gonna rescue him. He just, ah, oh, just, I'm gonna just listen. gonna listen. Just gonna listen. Uh, sly erection. Uh, just gonna listen. Ah, oh, just listening. Ah, oh, sweet listening. And then that's it. And that's all he does. And that's the end of the scene. And, and what, I was just like, what is this? What is concerning about more the sort of cliffhanger they leave that on with Morgan is we know that Morgan at this point is so unhinged. He's itching to kill Saviors. Like he's literally like, <clears throat> give him. The smallest excuse, like a cough from one of the prisoners when they were taking him back to the hilltop, <laughs> and he'll try and kill him. So, <coughs> fuck you, boy. Why? Yeah. Why is he not? Why is he not killing? Why is he not? Get, why are we not seeing this? And we said because we believe that Morgan. Well, we know that Morgan is going across to fear the Walking Dead next season, and that is a big role that has similar shooting schedule, like very, very similar shooting schedule out by about five or six weeks. We know that he's probably leaving this iteration of the Walking Dead soon. Yeah. Um. It was a shame not to see him do something there, be it yeah. heroic in his crazy, clear mode that he's in. Yeah. But the the kingdom stuff, you know, Ezekiel got his sort of hero moment to pull him back out of his, you know, really weird depression thing that he had going on, which is understandable. But at the same time, we're in the middle of all that war. We don't have time to sit around at the tiger cage for two days. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so I think we should just bring it back round to Alexandria and then wind up with the finale of the whole thing the yep. whole episode um so we have negan as they break into alexandria he says i'm going to rick's house gonna make myself some spaghetti um which is quite funny quite like that i like the way that when negan ever visits alexandria he's always in rick's house be it like getting people yeah, to make him he, keep going <laughs> he there? goes there he had a shave in there he had lemonade in there last time you had know he's, in there. he was playing pool outside rick's had house a had a whack he probably did have a wank you know Definitely. what he, Definitely. Did he say something about knocking one out? I think he might have said that in an episode. Oh, just knock one out, no, boy. He, yeah, that is honestly something that he would say. Probably, yeah. So I completely think that. Um, but he's gone Into to... He's, he said he's gone to uh, Rick's house. Carl has done a good job smoke bombing the place, so it's a complete, you know, foggy mystery what's going on. And he ducks down into the sewers to safety. Um, whilst this is all going on, we have the escape route group led by daryl um and aided by dwight and dwight gets a very interesting turn uh or opportunity in this episode 
um, John, what did you think about the escape route, which is obviously part of Carl's plan? Um, and what did you think about Dwight aiding and abetting the Alexandrians here? Yeah, I think uh, the look the escape route is. Uh, I like that because yeah. part of me is like, when it first started happening, I was like, "Well, just go into the fucking sewers, man!" Like, yeah, come on. But, yeah, but the interesting thing with the convoy was they're trying to make them believe that they fled on on the road hmm. so that they will never look in the sewers. Do you see what I mean? So there's a clever plan. It was like, look, let's lead them away, tell them they've escaped down the south road and they've actually just stayed at home in Alexandria under the sewers. Perfect maybe for a counter-attack at some point very soon. Mm. So it's a clever, very clever plan by Carl. And, um, Carl! And, um, and, and Dwight here, clearly helping out the Alexandrians, shoots, physically shoots this, this, this time, about three or four saviours, and gives them the chance to get the upper hand and flee into yeah. the sewers. <clears throat> so I guess uh, in time, uh, in t- in terms of uh, uh, how much time they've got to react. Yeah. So we've got this one person definitely knows that Dwight is a traitor. So she's going to go back and say this is what's happening. Yeah. And she's going to know that that convoy survived and killed off all their guys and they must yeah. be somewhere or oh, they've gone they've fled into the woods which is what it looked like they might have fled yeah uh but more likely they would still be there but yeah and they are but well, they've gone to sewers now yeah yeah so um it'd be interesting to see how that plays out but i think and dwight i'm happy that daryl allowed dwight to live dwight's an interesting character who's had a bit of development and um, we know doesn't stand for anything Negan stands for and has helped our group a lot in this. If it wasn't for Eugene, as far as they are told, uh, he would, you know, be on the winning side at this point. Now, this is an interesting question about the, about the, how the saviors got out. Now, there's a very interesting piece of dialogue between Dwight here. Like Daryl says, was it my fault? You know, was it my fault that they got, they got out because of me driving the van? And um, he says, no, it was Eugene, which is fascinating to me as a missed opportunity to really sell the fact that not sticking to the plan jeopardised everyone. Yeah. Um, And I still believe that maybe Dwight's holding back a little bit here and it actually was the fact that they were able to shoot the walkers on a lower level, for example, in the saviour complex with all their ammo. Eugene made them some new bullets and they were able to get out. Um, Well, look, like we, um, we don't know at this point. No, we don't know. But it's an interesting thing that I I hope they really visit it. And Daryl's got answers to some serious things that he's done in yeah, the season. Yeah, yeah. One, fighting yeah. Rick. Two, you know, willing to kill innocent families in the Saviors complex, which we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. You know, three, disobeying Rick again, and then enlisting other people, even people that he cares about, like Michonne, into the situation. Classic stuff. Um, so there's be hopefully some interesting repercussions there in the future after all that war because as, as I said at the moment I don't think it's important I think it's about getting yeah. getting through the war and then discussing these things yeah um, so they double back to the sewers and uh, to rendezvous with Carl Carl who's gone there Carl with you know Sadiq as you've just mentioned yeah uh, Rick turns up unfortunately we haven't had much Rick this episode he sort of just turned Hello. He, he just walks in Somehow to Alexandria. So um, annoying, like that's another question we have. Um and classic Rick. Negan knows Rick so well apparently because Rick just goes to his house. And to be fair, what we get out of this is a very good fan moment and a very good 
little couple of minutes. John, what did you think about the Negan Rick face off? I've been we've been waiting for this. We've been waiting for a you know a bit of a scrap between the two guys. Well, look, I mean, what do you want me to say? I don't want you to say anything. I want you to be honest. If you didn't like it, you don't like it. But do you like it? I I really enjoyed it. And I have to say, I like it for these reasons. I've said before well, on this podcast. It's fucking spot, shit. But, no, you know, this is why we just, well, No, it is it's this, shit. This is but, why it's good having. But no, you go for it. No, it's differing right. opinions. It's fucking shit, but you go for it. Um, I've opened a beer, so I'm, I'm you know, yeah. from the Bellevue Brewing Company. So, yeah. uh, you know. So, my, my reasons for thinking it's pretty good and, and very good fan service is because the fact that <laughs> you want these Titanic characters to fight each other. The only time that Rick's had the opportunity, he was bent down on his knees and it would have killed someone else if they acted like Daryl did. And, and then Glenn got killed because of Daryl's actions. Right now, we have uh, a sort of pretty good intense actual fight between the two characters we i've said before that rick isn't actually that good a fighter <laughs> and i kind of find it quite funny that every time he gets into a fight with anyone it could literally be like if you're in an rpg rick could be like level 100 and he could still be fighting like a level two minion and still struggle but then he somehow fights <laughs> a level 100 yeah. guy and still does the same yeah that's what i find quite funny about it um well look I like uh but i don't mind that because it's just real isn't it like you could be a fucking police officer and have all the training in the world, but if some guy's fucking bigger than you and stronger than you and yeah. more determined than you, then yeah. you know, it's what it is. But and the the dialogue the dialogue here made me laugh because uh, Negan's like kicking the shit out of Rick with Lucille, right? Like slap hit him on the arm, hit him on the back. He's on the floor, pushes Rick over to the other side of the room. And then Negan's like just giving his usual chirps in, like really winding him up as he's fighting. And Rick just Glad. goes, Rick just goes like, do you ever shut up? And he's like, nope. nope. <laughs> I was like, that is good. That is, good. this is what I want from this sort of fight. You know, it's that sort of like the, the characters shining through. Rick absolutely nails Negan in the head with some sort of ornament and then picks up Lucille. Like a little fucking candle. Yeah. Thing. But yeah. you see the, Boom, he's out for the count. He would be out for the count there in real life. Then he picks up the bat, the butt end of the bat, and bashes him in the head with it. I was like, Negan's dead. I was thinking, that's a, that's yeah, a, that's so a like, death blow. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I agree with you, but it isn't. So why is it not? Well, because it's a comic book show, <laughs> as we just discussed. But the other thing it's interesting to note about... Um, that interaction, so then, what did he say? What did Negan say? The moment that uh, that Rick had Lucille, what did he say to her? He said, don't, don't touch her. Don't touch her. Yeah. And that was, that's that's an important moment for him as well, because you understand. I don't know if it is. Like, well, it is. I mean, I'm speaking from someone with comic knowledge, but it's an important moment for Negan. I know, but is it though? Well, I think it's important. I, mean, I think it's good. But to... you're, you're, look, you're talking from a side of someone with comic book knowledge that has had to watch a comic book main character just get fucking killed off before he does anything. So... Uh, John, I've been watching a comic book massacre for the last saying, eight seasons. Yeah, I'm just... I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But you didn't like the fight then. I, I thought the fight had a lot of uh, fan service. The only it's thing... just like, have that scene play out as uh, he tries to choke him out and then he fucking just 
digs him in the ribs and he gets out of it and, and he jumps out the window, not Rick. Like Well let's 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 be honest. Me and you are the more cynical of the three of us uh, that usually hear no, and but we look, I, but we've, I, I we've, understand how a fight goes down. Right? Yeah, I know, I know. But we've suspended our disbelief for a long time with this show and we've accepted <laughs> maybe after season six or so, we've accepted that this show doesn't necessarily take like realism into account not that yeah. you'd have much realism with a zombie apocalypse but just just sort of things like how they fire their guns yeah. you know right next to their heads in like a satellite array would make them deaf for the yeah, rest of their lives silly, yeah. you know it's all this thing there's lots of silliness and there's the romero sort of zombie stuff which we love we yeah. love we want just more of that it. we want yeah. more of that if anything and embrace that because you know it's not really a serious program anymore there's a lot of dark themes i'd prefer it if it went to sort of b movie town zombie yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. because then that. and embrace that and just sort of be that um so i think in terms He's of blown the... his cock off <laughs> right. yeah, and now the zombies that. eating it yeah. the zom- oh, oh yeah. the zombies bloody eating it oh this is the best saturday night ever oh yeah he's eating it yeah, love watching yeah, this show family um so it's. I just mean in terms of the fight, like like I, I I don't expect anyone to sort of you know, literally be knocked out anymore or no. like you know Rick got shot last season and now he's leading all out wars or something silly, like a day later. So, silly, yeah. so it is what it is. But we get this. I think I think a very good interaction between the two characters. Something we've been waiting for in all out war, um, all season, and because of the stupid directing and the way it's been paced, we haven't had it. Mm. Um, and then we get to the finality of Michonne finding Rick in the in the in the smoky Alexandria, and we go down into the sewers, and <clears throat> this is where you get the major reveal, which we are going to open up about and talk about now. The major reveal that Carl Grimes, son of Rick Grimes, future leader of the free world. I don't know that. That's not happening in the comics, but future leader of everything has been bitten on his abdomen so inoperable there's no amputation happening here um convenient conveniently on the one place it can never be you know that that, that's an easy bite if anything i'd take it straight off yeah but i'd just rather die to be honest well that says a lot about your character john not a survivor just survive somehow did you not listen earlier not without a cock. I mean, that is mental. Well, that says a lot about your character. Eugene like... could make you a new cock. He knows how to do things. Pun intended. <laughs> um... So the decision to kill Carl. Let's discuss it now. Let's go. We've got me on the negative side, obviously. And we've got John on the decision that it, it could shake up the series and potentially provide a new springboard. Mm. Yeah. Um, John, what, <laughs> what do you think about the decision to kill Carl then? Do you... Why don't you give me your X, Y, Z or Z in England of why you think it's a good decision to kill, arguably, as the creator of the series has said, the protagonist of the whole thing? Right. Uh, I'll approach this in uh, in two ways. So, uh, right. Okay. One. It had to happen. If it was if it wasn't gonna be Brick, it had to be Carl. Mm. The reason I predicted it last week was that I kind of I could see it coming. I, I have to say, like, did you read the rumors about uh, Chandler Riggs going to college and all that sort of stuff? No, 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 no not at all. Because um, there's an interesting debate which I'll bring up after you've stated your reasons for it. Yeah, right, continue. 
no, I um, the reason I could see it coming is just like just little bits here and there, and uh, and when this episode started, and it was a flashback to Carl talking to Rick. Carl. I was like, well, he's fucking, he's done, man. Like that, like. If, if you're going to make a program, a series, you're going to fucking film something and try to go down a narrative route and this is the fucking drivers of certain people and blah, blah, blah. Like, that, that is the fucking death knell. 100%. And then you go on to the bit where he's fucking writing stuff. And I was like, yeah. oh, fucking hell, like, you're forcing it on us now. Like, yeah, I it's... thought it was really obvious. Like, yeah, uh, but some bit, I, I but... have read this. So I've read, I've, read, I've read literally a 50-50 split among people because... This is the thing, as I said to you earlier, I could, I, in my wildest dreams, I did not imagine they would do such a thing because one, I've read the comics and I'm on like issue 174 at the moment. We're on about issue 100 at the moment, <coughs> maybe yeah. 105 or yeah, something yeah, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they have killed what I believe and what the right, the creator said is the central protagonist of the whole fucking thing blows my mind now i'm not saying necessarily it's a bad thing i want to see what happens i'm not going to say right now that no they're fucking idiots and i know the source material and they're fucking idiots i'm going to say this they have missed a massive opportunity here to utilize someone who has literally grown up through the show and grown up in the zombie apocalypse they have missed a trick and some of the most interesting parts of the comics coming up involve carl as a major driving force behind them. So the flash forward is a fucking joke. I'm going to start with that. Um, That's fine. Because, you know, as I said, it's a future iteration of things that we see in the comics late, much later on. There is a massive time jump, which is very good for the viewers of the, and readers of the comic to have this uh, time jump. It's something you don't usually get in TV. It's, it's very rare in novels or yeah. literature. Yeah. And, um, I, no. fa- I found it to be a sign that that's what we're going to get. That's mm. where we're going to, you know, and we still might go there, but th- it was an absolute rope-a-dope. You know what I mean? In terms of the way it it, it subverted our opinion. And this comes back to our my point earlier about how I don't think Scott Gimple, and I'm not, I'm not actually just putting this on Gimple. I'm going to say right now, I think... AMC is a very convoluted machine, and I think there are execs telling him to do certain things. That's why Darabont got fired in the first season. That's why Mazzara left. Glenn Mazzara was the second showrunner. Left because there was rumblings of discontent between the AMC executives and the showrunners. Now, I'm going to put most of it on Gimple because Mm. he is the showrunner. I don't think he understands. He is awful. I don't think he understands the narrative of the series. Now, look. Gives a shit. If people really care about other characters like Daryl, I'm not saying that Daryl is not a character to care about because I do want him to live. And we've said it would be devastating if he dies. I think Norman Reed is hmm. one of the best things about the show. But Daryl's yeah, yeah, Darryl, not got much growth in him. He's not like Daryl's going to suddenly get with Aaron and have a happy family or something. Do you know what I mean? It's not, that's not going to happen. He's gay. I'm not assuming he's gay, but I'm just saying that's not going to happen. That's what like fans talk about. That's what people talk about. Yeah, but it just annoys me. No, but listen, Carl, Carl is essentially the future of the show. Now, why kill Rick's only motivation? Why? Mm. 
Now, I'm going to throw this to you, John, because there's some interesting things I'm going to say here. Go on. There was a lot of rumours flying around the internet for a long time, maybe about since about two years ago when Chandler Riggs' contract was up for uh, renewal. Um, <clears throat> he said no one, and his dad said as well, and this was very famous a couple of years ago, he said... His dad? His real dad? No, his real dad in real life, the actor's okay, dad, yeah. had got involved and said that no one had talk- spoken to Carl about um, contract renewals mm. and had threatened that Carl could leave the show. Yep. Okay. This was years ago. And Carl was a 16 at the time in real life, Chandler Riggs, approaching the age to go to college. Okay? Um, comes to a couple of years later, and now Chandler is the age, 18, about yep. to go to college. He's on the cusp of going to college. And he had the decision to make whether he was going to stay doing Walking Dead or he was going to go to college. Yeah. What's actually happened is Chandler Riggs applied for a college in, I think it's Georgia, where they film the show. Like, very close to where they film. Like, is in, he could easily travel there. He also bought a house in Georgia. This was about six months ago he did all this. Mm. This is a fact. He's bought a house. He's attended in college in Georgia with the assumption. And Scott Gimple even said last summer, the summer just gone, that Chandler Riggs will be on the show for another three seasons minimum. And then what's happened? He found out two weeks, apparently, <coughs> before they filmed the scenes after he had purchased a house, after he had agreed to go to college in a state where he doesn't really want to be, but he's doing it for filming, that he is going to be killed off. Now, we don't know all of the conversations that's gone on. I did watch The Talking Dead, and I did hear Scott Gimple say about, oh, how this really serves the story, and this is going to further the story in some way. Fuck you, Gimple. I've lost it. (laughs) Why would you fuck him over like that? Now... There's a big rumour going around that is because he threatened to quit the show a couple of years ago because no one had discussed his contract and they're taking this as a one-upmanship saying no one is safe. If you, uh, Andrew Lincoln, if you Norman Readers want to step out of line, we will fire you. We will kill your characters. Yeah. Now, Can you imagine me getting fired from this podcast? His demands are too high already, to be honest with you. Um, (laughs) Funnily enough, he's uh, moved into my living room. It's madness. Uh, just so he can be close to the podcast. Um, well, closer to you. His cynicism stays around all day long. That's a contract requirement. Yeah, but it's all shit, isn't it? It's a requirement. John, what do you think about that? Let's just be honest. What do you think about that? If they don't kill Andrew Lincoln off, they they're right to kill him off. Okay. That's what I'm saying. The interesting thing now, though, uh, with Carl's death, and we'll... we'll you know, we've had a bit of a debate about it and why we think it might serve the story or not serve the story mm. is that now, in my opinion, Rick has nothing to live for. He may have Judith, but Judith is essentially even admitted in this show to be potentially Shane's offspring. Um, but they had a serious conversation about it because it's probably Shane's child. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Um, and Michonne, you know... All of these characters who we've been with for a long time, you know, the interesting thing about a comic book and the TV show is the fact that these actors have um, contracts. Yep. And they only run for a certain amount of time. Andrew Lincoln's is up for renewal at the end of this season, season eight. The fact that they've killed Carl could spell the end for Rick very seriously. Yeah. yeah. Because the only thing that keeps Rick around in the comics <laughs> is his son. And building a better future for his family that he he forges in this zombie apocalypse, so it's a interesting interesting decision 
by AMC. An interesting decision by Gimple. So, John, if you were to give this se- half season a score out of 10, just give it to me now. Fucking hell. Uh, like, 3 out of 10? 3 out of 10. Pretty low. Pretty low. I'd give it Pretty a... Pretty fucking dire, to be honest. Like uh, Yeah. Really bad. Really bad. Like, uh, if you... Part of me feels like if you score it high, I just I just want to fucking knock you out. To be honest, <laughs> I think um, I think this show's fundamental issues lie in not its actors because I think its actors are pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think if you look at the actual people they've got involved in the acting roles, I think it's amazing. Yeah, there's stuff. I think um, the fundamental issues of this show are the hierarchy, the directors, <clears throat> the the showrunners. They don't throw enough money at this show. You know, HBO throws money at shows. It pays the best directors. It gets amazing showrunners. It it's happy to spend money. AMC does not. And because of that, the show is eventually, you know, going on a downward tilt. It's lost 10 million viewers at this point, John. Yeah, pretty bad. 10 million viewers in pretty one and a half bad. seasons. Yeah, pretty bad. Game of Thrones yeah. doesn't even get 10 million viewers on its airing date. So what I'm saying is this, this season, I'll give this a 4 out of 10. I think it was the weakest they've ever done and that's including the farm in season two um but yeah, what i will say boring, was, yeah that's like, one issue of the comic right? by the way one issue of the comic and they stretch it up to 22 episodes mm. um what i'd like to say is the fact that we've enjoyed covering this season though mm. yeah, because yeah. do you know what this show does um it does comedy quite well whether it's on purpose or not and i think that we've actually really enjoyed covering it because more so than other shows that we cover or films that we cover it gives us the opportunity to be, to be extremely critical but at the same time we have a passion for the thing that we're talking about yeah. so I know we may come across and we've said this before as quite negative or critical about The Walking Dead but it's only because we want it to succeed we want it to do well um, and if Emma was here she'd be here defending it more than we have tonight but we want good directing we want good storytelling and we want good motivations we want all of these things um, so we are going to be returning for the second half of season eight. We are going to be covering that. So please follow us again in February because we will be doing it. And look, we have fun with it. Most podcasts to do with The Walking Dead, you know, they might sit there and they might, you know, try and say, oh, yeah, that was a really good episode of television. Come on, let's be honest. It wasn't. Let's have some fun with it and let's just be honest about it. We really appreciate you guys listening to us for this uh half season of the walking dead we know it's been tough not just listening to us but watching the show we love you all all and we really appreciate the support we have a couple more podcasts coming to you before the end of the year and christmas you You are are very lucky lucky star wars the last jedi is out tomorrow or in about one hour here at the moment so we are going to go see it literally tomorrow night i'm going to be getting that podcast out to you first thing monday next week and we are going to be reviewing it saying our thoughts about it how much we love it probably hopefully not only that we have a christmas special podcast just before christmas to uh just tide people over because after that we're not going to be back until about february time when the walking dead kicks back up again or unless we cover some oscar films which we're discussing a possibility of doing um we want to thank everyone once again for listening to us. We have been fan critical. I've been joined today by my one and only J Mac, the most negative man in the world, but someone who comes from it with a real bit of passion and heart. 
Um, Emma is sending telepathic vibes from her Christmas party, probably passed out on the floor now with Prosecco in hand. And I have been your one-off host. Guys, join us again for Star Wars podcast because that is going to be massive. If you like The Walking Dead... She'd probably like Star Wars because it's, it's better than The Walking Dead. But, you know, it is what it is. So join us for that, guys. John, thanks for being here, mate. Really appreciate it. Oh, cheers, man. And hey, guys, if we don't speak to you before Christmas, have a great one and see you in the new year. But please listen to Star Wars. Carl. <laughs>